0: It's the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surfacecom laptop go for more details. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel Rue, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. With an off day between the Warriors win... Over the Philadelphia 76ers and their game against the Orlando Magic, had a couple of different options in terms of what to do. Could have gone to the this, this standard mailbag, which I love doing, and was kind of running through ideas this morning and realized, oh, that's a topic that I'd wanted to look into myself. And then realized if it yielded any fruit, which it did, that it would make for an interesting podcast. And what I wanted to do, the the question I was looking to quantify with this was, uh, the, for, as a foundational piece, the Warriors have really struggled offensively since Kevin Durant got hurt. They are 26th in the league at 101.4 points per hundred possessions, which is way, way below their 114.1 that they have for the season. So that's almost 13 points per hundred possessions, which is a lot. Of course, we're dealing with the small sample size. It's still, it's about 10 games that Durant has been out. And I, and also you, you're kind of sitting there thinking about, oh, well, there's the Spurs game and all this other stuff. And so what I wanted to do was say, okay, they are dealing with this downturn. And so that is a part of this equation, but it is also coinciding broadly with a down stretch for both Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, though both of them have had some good games At points and both of them actually did pretty well overall in terms of scoring against the 76ers curry did it almost all in the fourth clay did it almost all in the first half but overall they did a pretty good job so what i wanted to do was try to figure out a way to take that part not out of the equation but try to quantify what proportion or what part of the warriors struggles offensively you can say is aberrations on top of this sort of issue and so The first challenge that I had was really defining what the slump, if we're going to call it that, was for Stephen Curry. And for the sake of simplicity, that is the word I'm going to use for the rest of it. So if you have an issue with that, I don't really care, but that's the word I'm going to use. So the reason why it's complicated is because Curry's had a couple of good games interspersed within everything else. You know, that's often the way that it works in basketball. You know, you have maybe you have three down games, but in the middle of that stretch at some point, you have one where you score 20 or something like that. That's the way it usually works, especially with people who are actually good shooters unless something broke overnight or they're dealing with an injury. That's part of the part and parcel to the whole thing. So I wanted to go through and I looked at his game log and with Curry, the challenge was really how to deal with the two good games he had against the Clippers and the Nets right after the All-Star break. And so there were two options functionally. It was either go before that and include because he had struggled against the Nuggets and the Kings before the All-Star break. So start there and then run or do something way bigger involving January, but I decided I didn't want to do that. So do that. It's a little bit longer than the time Durant's been out, but it's an 11-game sample. Or you could go a little narrower, which aligns more closely with Durant. And while he was good in those two games, Curry was shaky against the Sixers the first time in Philly, and then run from there. And I decided to go with the first one, go with the one that included the two good games and the two bad games. There's a larger sample. Thought it was a little bit more representative. Also, it it provided a little piece of information both with and without Durant, which I thought was useful. Just because if I'm trying to say that the slump is somewhat separate from Kevin Durant, then having some information from before he was hurt seemed like a, a worthwhile piece of information. It was actually even harder to figure out with Clay Thompson because Thompson, being himself, has had good games throughout the throughout the stretch more consistently than Curry has. Has had big ones throughout, and so with him. I just decided, I don't know why, I decided to go with the exact same stretch and that's a little bit a little bit rosier for Clay because he didn't play it all against Denver, so the first game of that sample he didn't play. So his sample is 10 not 11. And he had a nice game against the Kings. So drawing the line in the same place might've been a little bit different, but I also thought it was fine just because Clay's inconsistency kind of that gives him a little bit of a, of a push in that direction. And it helps to temper the results a little bit, which is something that I wanted to do because you don't want this crazy thing of like, Oh, those two guys being out, that's costing the Warriors 10 points a game. I thought that would be a little bit ridiculous. So I did a couple of different steps to make it a little, a little bit more reasonable of a number in that way. And I wasn't trying to manufacture it in any way. It was just that I I wanted to make sure that it was at least a little bit representative. So went with the same sample with Clay, but it's 10 games, not 11, because he sat against Denver. Then from there, I had to figure out, well, okay, what am I going to compare this to? And what I decided would be fair is for Curry, I didn't want to go against his averages for the MVP years because that just seemed unfair. You know, it was ridiculous. Those numbers were better than what he did in his career and going, well, oh, if he was at an MVP level it'd be doing that, didn't seem fair. So what I did was I took for the three categories that I used, which were two point shots, three point shots and free throws. I took his worst season average from any of the last three full seasons. So I didn't touch this year at all because you don't want to use a sample as part of a sample. I thought that would be a problem. So I took the worst of each of those for each one and then for clay i did the same thing except that i only used the last two years so the two years full years that he played under kerr because the mark jackson year his usage was a little bit different clay's expectation of shots was a very important part of kind of the changeover with kerr so i wanted to narrow the sample a little bit with him to that and so that's really what i had to work with and so from there i started running the numbers and curry has taken 115 threes during that 11 game sample i used made 32 of them so that's 27.8 percent, distinctly not good and his low three-point shooting percentage during those three seasons was the year before his mvps 2013-14 when he was at 42.4 so then, what I did is I said, okay, well, if that's the number and that's the number of three-point tries, how many would he have made? And the answer is that he goes from 32 to 48.76, and that might not sound like a lot, you know. It's a, those are two numbers; they're both below 50, anything like that. But that's more than 1.5 threes per game, and more than 4.5 points per game because a three is worth three points. So that's 4.5 points. to be accurate just on threes and then in terms of twos curry's shooting 58 for 111 which is 52.3 percent and that's actually better than he shot in 14 15 and 13 14 but i thought you know might as well do it to be fair if we're going to make it you know combine it to the worst so then subtract it a little bit from there so he ends up losing a, a two and a half so not that much you know a small part of the sample so you go through it and for curry That means that if you combine the twos and the threes, his struggles mean a 4.3 point per game difference, and that is just for the time he plays. That's not, you know, that's not per hundred possessions or anything else. That's just per game 4.3 points, and I did look at free throws, too. But Curry shooting 88.2% from the line during this stretch, which is worse than he has than his career average, which is, I think, 90.3. And it's worse than two of the three years, but he shot 88.5% in 13-14. So the difference was pretty much negligible. So I actually chose not to include it at all. I could have included it and knocked the number down, you know, a teensy-weensy, or actually it added up a teensy-weensy bit, but I didn't do that. So for Curry, that number is 4.3 points per game. It's a lot. For Clay Thompson... He has made 29 of his 86 three-pointers during that stretch, 33.7%. So a lot better than Steph Bell, 5% better than Steph. And his two-year low for for that, because I'm using that, is actually last year's 42.5, which is almost identical to Curry's 42.4. So because he shoots fewer threes and because he made more of them than Curry did, his difference is much smaller. It's 7.55 threes total, and that's 2.3 points per game. From two like curry clay's numbers 51.5 percent. it's actually better than the last two years so if you match his worst percentage just like i did with the other part what's good for the goose is good for the gander it makes a difference of about 0.7 points per game so then i also did his free throws it's really close but i included the whole thing if you want to look at the athletic i include that as well but for clay the difference was a total of 17.56 points so that that's how fewer the lost Lost a lot on threes, gained a little bit on twos, gained a little bit at the free throw line. So a difference of about 1.8 per game. So what you do then is you think, okay, well, so if you have 4.3 points for Curry getting to kind of, not his average, but to get to a level that is sustainable for him and common for him. And same thing for Thompson at 1.8. That means that if you want to classify, you could say that their combined slumps are putting the Warriors about five points per game in the hole relative to where they are. Now, remember at the beginning, I was using not points per game, but I was using points per hundred possessions. That is a difference between these. So I'm not saying you just throw those five points onto their offensive rating and see where it goes. I'm not doing that because they're not the same number. They're not the same duration of time or anything like that. But five points a game is pretty much what it was. And it's also interesting that during that time, the Warriors have only lost two games by five points or fewer. It was the game in Washington when Kevin Durant got hurt and then the game in Minnesota, which they lost close late. So you could say, Oh, well, it wouldn't have made that big a difference. And of course, if it's an average of five points, some games, it's going to be more, some games, it's going to be less. So maybe those games, it's maybe, maybe those games, it's less, maybe those games, you know, the, the home team, in those cases, Washington and Minnesota still wins. That's entirely possible. I am not saying they would have won those games. If, Curry and Clay were shooting better. They probably would have, but it's not definitive. There's no way that you can do that. But the broader point that I wanted to make there is that if you theoretically throw in five points worth of makes throughout the game, a couple of those other ones probably could have gone differently. The most obvious being the Bulls game where the Warriors just sucked on offense for most of the time and getting a few more points at An earlier stretch from Thompson and Curry combined could have made the difference, could have made it closer, and considering how the Bulls have imploded, well, they were already kind of there at that point, but really since then, I think they could have have won that game. And so, I would say that there isn't a definitive conclusion, generally there aren't, from things like this, but it is a meaningful part of this equation. I mean, five points per game is a lot from these guys, and so... You don't want to attribute all of that, or even I would say a large portion of it, to Durant being out, because a lot of that number, actually all of it when you're running the comparisons, because he wasn't on the team before this year, was pre-Durant, and yeah, they had Harrison Barnes and other players at that point, but Curry's role now, conceptually, is somewhat similar to what it was then. The surrounding talent is different, but different more different more in terms of type, than different in quality, which is an interesting thing that you can't really measure as well. You know, JaVale McGee is really, really different from most spades, but in some ways their overall impact quality is probably not that different. Pachulia Bogut's probably a little bit bigger, but we'll have to see. So that was the exercise I I really wanted to do. I did enjoy it. I think that it kind of gives a calibrator on, on what this Struggling is right now. And also, I think that's a good good explanation for how they also could have lost some of these other games, because if you're losing that part of your baseline while also dealing with your most consistent offensive player being off the floor, that means that the highs aren't as high and the lows are lower. And that leads to stretches like what happened in the third quarter against the Sixers, where the offense was shaky, the defense was bad, and a couple of other games where they just haven't been able to put it together. And my kind of idea with this, and we'll have to see if it happens, is that if and when one or both of them really do come back consistently and, you know, if they can perform at the levels that I used as the baseline, so not even like the MVP levels or Klay Thompson's best points, if they can get to that level... I think they can win a fair amount of their home games, especially if the defensive effort gets closer to the standard that they've set for themselves over the last couple of years, not even just this year. So we'll see if that's true. The better test of it is not going to be the game against the Magic, because the Magic are kind of floundering a little bit. It'll be more the Bucks because the Bucks are still trying. They have an, an interesting collection of, of guys, so we'll have to see how that works out, but it's something that I'm going to be interested in watching as we move forward. So let me know if you enjoyed this as a concept. I think it was something It was something I enjoyed doing and was probably going to do anyway at some point. So let me know if you like that. Of course, I've done similar type of things with Curry and Durant at, at moments in the past. If you want to listen to those, you certainly can. I have one if Durant is a scorer from the early days of this podcast, and then I have one of Curry's struggles from, I think that was January. And just a little tidbit that I will throw at the end of this podcast that I have not mentioned anywhere publicly is that I actually compiled Curry's, the same Curry stuff that I did for that analysis in the fir- right before the first full game that the Warriors played after Durant's injury. I wanted to have that as a data point to see where things go for the rest of the year. And I still have it. It's just, it's sitting in a document that I have. And so theoretically at some point, I don't know exactly when that'll be. I will go back and revisit that whole concept. And I can include that data point in the analysis of everything else. So I think that's going to be fun. Certain things did change during it. I haven't gone back and looked at it since that happened. I was like two weeks ago, but it'll be worth kind of keeping an eye on at the same point. So thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, good, bad, indifferent, Danny LaRue NBA at gmail.com at Danny LaRue on Twitter. If you take the time to write it, I'll take the time to read it. I do not promise that I will respond, but I will read it. So I I do appreciate it. It's part of what makes the show so much fun to do is getting those responses. And I try to turn a lot of that into content or into changing the content as is indicative. And I always kind of assume that at least some of what people say is felt by other people. So I, I treat it as representative in that shape or form you can also check out some of the other stuff that i've done recently dunked on is always going strong just released part of our 15 and 60 which is on actually in the east but still interesting basketball conversation and then i am going to put out two Real Jam Radio episodes in the near future. I actually already released a, a really fun different thing with my sister. We do a mascot bracket every year. It's a LaRue family tradition. It's done it for about a decade and it's been on the podcast the last couple of years. It's really funny. It takes like half an hour. It's about if the mascot's gotten a fight my sister's a biologist. So we go through it and then I did oh, the analysis of the East Unders with my friend Arturo Goletti. We did those preseason we looked through them and I'm editing the East version now. I'm hoping to get that out Wednesday night, Thursday morning and then I will do the West after that? It's already recorded. I just have to actually take the time to edit it and do everything else. So thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Caspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB off season is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast